Hey, this is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Living Redefined Podcast. This is a place where we discuss modern day topics and attack them with biblical truths. The goal that we have is just to make daily decisions based on morality and integrity. I want to help you move forward in your faith, and I hope that today helps you do that. Enjoy the message. Welcome back to the Living Redefined Podcast. I'm thankful that you're here. Let's jump right in. Last week we talked about the man on the mat, Jesus preaching, and He's preaching that there's a multitude of people. They've, they've, they're all focused on Jesus, and they're filling windows and doors and avenues and alleys and, and everything to hear Jesus. And four friends bring um, a man who's paralyzed on a mat. They bring their friend to Jesus, and, and nobody can even see or understand the need of this person because they all have their back to them. We talked, started a series titled Do For One. Now, it's great they're all focused on Jesus, and they're all focused on being present, they're missing the need of the person who had the greatest need, right? Their backs were turned. And so we saw in that, in that story out of Luke was four friends did whatever it took to get their friend to Jesus. And so yesterday, or last week, rather, we um, identified three people that are close to us but far from God. And we decided that we were not just going to identify them, but we were going to write them down. We we're going to start praying for them. We we're going to start investing in them, contacting them. And so today we're going to talk about the outsider. Before we do, let's take a moment and pray. Father, thanks for the people who are gathering, Lord, to listen. I thank you for their hearts and their attitudes. I thank you, Lord, they're taking a moment to engage today, in this time, in this season. So I just ask you to bless them where they are, open their hands and hearts to receive, help this message speak to them so they can identify those who are closest to them and help them take a step towards you. I love you, and I just thank you for letting me be a part of what you do and what you want to do on the face of this earth. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You ever felt like an outsider? Ever been somewhere felt like an outsider? I'll never forget the first time I felt like an outsider. I was in elementary school and, and four guys pushed me up the playground and told me that I didn't belong. And I immediately thought, okay, here's the circle and I am way outside their circle, right? And uh, it's kind of a bummer, but that's the first time that I ever felt like an outsider. Ever been treated like an outsider? Ever been treated? Can you remember the first time you were treated like an outsider for me? Um, it was at Southern Hills. If you know anything about golf, you know that Southern Hills is one of the greatest golf courses in the country. And PGA is played there on a regular basis. And um, when Heather had her first son, Oscar, I did some actual, I did some work there, valeting cars. And it was an awesome evening uh, job to do every now and again. And um, and if you valeted cars there, you got to once a month, you go play golf uh, on the golf course at Southern Hills. Now, here's the thing. I didn't belong there. I was an outsider. I'm not a golfer. If you know what I look like, you know that like I can barely swing a club. It's just lost my range of motion. I don't have any more. But man, the eyes and the stares and the glares that I got. I didn't have the polo. I didn't have the shoes, the clubs. I mean, I had a, you know, I have a bag of Wilson clubs. I got off Facebook. Uh, at that time, it was Craigslist. Um, I got off Craigslist, and, and they were what they were. And I had a couple extras, and I was missing a few, you know? And... Uh, it's the first time I remember. I was now this is in my, you know, mid twenties. But it was like, yeah, you're clearly an outsider. You don't belong here. And as a matter of fact, what the heck are you doing on our golf course? If you could just make your way out, that'd be great. Here's the harder one. Ever made somebody feel like an outsider? Ever made somebody feel like an outsider? Proverbs twenty one four says, "Haughty, and arrogant eyes, and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked, their self centered, peep, their self centered pride, is sin." Haughty and arrogant eyes and a proud heart, lamp of the wicked. Haughty eyes just equals arrogance. It's it's being prideful. Haughty is defined uh, in the 
dictionary as blatantly and disdainfully proud. The word is always used in the Bible as wicked and evil sense of arrogance, setting oneself above others. Haughty is often uh, set in contrast or set apart opposite of being humble. Now, God created us as equals, but it's human nature for us to do anything and everything we can to get ahead, to get above each other, to climb the proverbial ladder. And when we look at each other as outsiders or not belonging, it creates division. It creates classes, levels, types. But Romans 3.23 says that we're all imperfect. That not one of us is better than the other. And the reality is we're all here for the same reason. You listen to Living Redefined for the same reason that everybody else has hope and faith in Jesus. How can I be a little bit more devoted? How can I get a little better as a believer, as a follower of Jesus? And so then... Knowing how it feels to be treated like an outsider, I'm hoping that today we can gain some perspective on who really comes. What's the difference between an insider and an outsider? The reality is there are two types of people who attend any gathering, especially a church gathering. That's just it. They're insiders and they're outsiders. And so then how do the outsiders feel? I think we can all identify with with outsiders, but the reality is they feel hurt, broke, empty, lost, confused. Now, these are words from our team, and if I was with you today in person, I'd have a whiteboard and we'd actually go back and forth, but because you're listening and this is not an active conversation, I just have to throw uh, the biggest ones that stood out. Now, did you feel any of those words before you came, before you uh, made the transition from outside to inside, from non-believer to believer? Did you feel hurt, broke, empty, lost, confused? Do you remember what it was like to wake up without hope or to wake up without faith? Man, I tell you, your memory is your motivation. I shared it last week. Man, never forget where you came from. Never forget where you came from because there are people just like you that walk in and out of gatherings, in and out of church gatherings every weekend. And so then we have to identify with the people who are on the outside first. And if you can't identify with them after all we've already talked about, just identify with yourself. Remember the day. Remember the day. Now I'm going to jump into Acts chapter 20. If you have a Bible, you can go there and and if you're listening while you're driving, uh, I'm just going to be Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12 today. And, and this is a story about an outsider. His name's Eutychus, and he's on the third floor, and he's looking through a window while Paul is preaching. And here's how the start of that uh, segment goes. Paul is about to preach a story. Um, the story's about Eutychus. He's on the outside, and it says this, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to people. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Anybody know any pastors like that? Come on, somebody. In Acts chapter 20, verse 8, it says, There were many lamps in the upstairs room where they were meeting. What does that mean? It means they prepared for Paul to come, and they prepared for people to gather. They knew it was going to get dark, and so they prepared ahead of time. We better get some lamps. Now, our priority is demonstrated in the order of what we do. I'll say it again. Our priority is demonstrated in the order of what we do. So then the first thing that you do trends and tends to be what motivates you. And sadly, for a lot of us, that's selfish. It goes to us first before anybody else. But as a believer and as a body of believers, we must have the right priorities if we're going to make a kingdom impact. And so then identify with people on the outside and prepare for them. So the first principle in anything that we do as a body of believers is preparation. And the value of the person is demonstrated by your prep. 
The value of the person is demonstrated by your preparation. It's, it's really our preparation. So everyone in our cities, everyone in, in our communities is a son or a daughter. God created them. They belong in the kingdom. So then how do you come in on a Sunday? How do you come into a podcast? How do you come into this message, especially knowing that you cannot lead where you won't go? Everything rises and falls on how we lead. It rises and falls on leadership. So then how are you? How are you? Are you healthy? Are you energized? Are you expectant? Do you come with a certain sense of anticipation when you listen to this podcast, when you gather in a, in a spiritual gathering, a church gathering, a worship service? Do you come expectant? Or are you just getting by? And I just want to newsflash you today. God's not called anybody to maintain or to break even. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you prepare your house for company? Think about this. Do you prepare your house for company? Yeah. Yeah, you do. How do you prepare the house? Your response is probably like, well, who's coming over? I'll just be real with you. My brothers are coming over. Not touching a thing. Right? Not touching a thing. What about your mom? Your mom's coming over. You might, you might fix a few things, right? Empty the sink, do something simple like that, right? What about your friends? Friends are coming over. Which friends? Is it the friends that I bought this house for so I could compete with them and let them know that my house is just as big as their house? Is it the friends that I'm trying to impress? Is it the friends that I'm trying to grow a little bit more with? Is it the friends where I just want to be real and open and honest with? Depends. What about your hero? If you think of one person who you would love to have a conversation with, love to have over for dinner, who would that be? What if that person was coming to your house? What would you do? What would you do? Would you paint the walls? Would you bake your your or their favorite dessert? Would you cook their favorite meal? Would you go above and beyond? Yeah, you would. You would. You would prepare for them because they're your hero. So then isn't Sunday the same? Like when we gather in, in, in churches around the country and, and as you gather and listen, isn't the same? Aren't you meeting with your hero? It's Jesus. It's not me. It's not me. Are we prepared for outsiders to come and have a good experience with us? Are we prepared to bring people to our favorite church gathering? Do we trust? Do we trust that, that the service is going to be okay, that it's going to go good, that, that I'm not going to be embarrassed? Are we nervous? Nervous about who I'm going to see, what they're going to say. Am I worried? In verse 9 of Acts 20, it says, Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. Whew. I know I've done that before. I apologize, okay? When he was sound asleep, when Eutychus was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third floor and was picked up dead. This is tragic. Because you got to know the Lord was doing something. But I tell you what, I know somebody who's, who falls asleep every time every time church starts. Before worship ever gets going, he gets, his, he gets his comfy chair, he props his head back on that seat, and he goes night-night. He goes sleepy night-night, okay? Now, here's the thing. What killed Eutychus is what kills us. What kills our preparation is our familiarity. He'd gotten to a place where he was used to it. How's that go for church? You drive in, you go the same time, same place, right? It's the same path. And you get comfortable because it's your home. It's your home. You know what's unique is how familiar are you in your house when it's dark? 
Do you need the lights to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night? Do you need the lights to go to the kitchen? Do you need the lights to go let the dog out in the middle of the night? No, you don't. You don't. And what you see in, in Eutychus's fall, tragic, tragic fall is he's been there for a little while. He got a little comfortable and he got a little sleepy. But if you uh, hang with me in verses 10 through 12, you're going to see that God has a plan for everybody on the outside. And he creates that person with a purpose. And he creates that, that person with a purpose for a purpose. And so here's what happens in verses 10 through 12. Paul went down. He threw himself on the man. He put his arms around him and he said, don't be alarmed. He's telling the people, don't be alarmed. He's alive. Then Paul went upstairs. He broke some bread and he ate. And after talking until daylight, he went in and talked another five more hours. He left. The people took the young man home alive and they were greatly comforted. So here is what happens. Sometimes, rather than preparing for people, for our community, we fall into the practice of going. And instead of believing in the principle and preparing for the purpose of our gathering, we overlook it for the practice. And it's really all about a person. And so we prepare for people. We're all here for people. It's about the one. Jesus said, I will leave the 99 to go after the one. It's always about the ones. What do for one is all about. Now, don't lose priority. Don't lose priority. It's easy to, do, to devalue why we gather if we come alone. It's easy to devalue why we gather if you don't bring anyone with you. And sometimes we get so caught up in getting to the gathering that we forget to bring our people. And the reality is, why set up a lamp for people who know their way? Why this insider talk, right? You don't need a lamp when you're comfortable, when you're familiar. What does that same lamp do for someone who's in the dark, who's on the outside, who's lost? It's monumental, right? Preparing is the difference between life and death for every person who walks in the door. So then we prepare for the person. Don't know who it is. But we're going to prepare for them. It's not just a, a light or a lamp. It's a hello. It's a smile. It's at a kid's check-in station. It's in our classroom environments. It's in every personal connection. Because we are called to be light. Remember, true significance is being used by God to make a difference in someone's life. Knowing that God used you to bring light and hope to someone, is what, that's what significance is. Being used by God, there's nothing greater than that, that will ever happen in your whole life. Maybe on your scale, but not God's. And so the challenge is don't be so familiar that you don't need the light. Yeah, you can go through the house in the dark, and we don't need the light, but if you were showing a stranger through your house in the dark, you'd be real intentional. You'd be real intentional. You'd get a flashlight out, you'd be like, hey, three steps over here. Yep, you got to take a right right here, uh-huh down this hallway, all the way to the end, you'd shine the light down the hallway and you'd lead them with that light. You'd lead them with that light. So then you have to ask yourself, do I believe in why the church exists? Why we do what we do? And the why behind all of it is people. We value people. So how do you know if it's familiarity or not? Here's how you know. If your first hello and your last hello are different. When it's not familiar, there's no drift. 
there's no dropout. If there's a drift or a drop in your engagement, it comes across as insincere to people. It comes across as unprepared and people feel that. So what fuels us? What do we want people to experience from the outside when they get inside? I ask our team this and here are a couple of their answers. What do we want those outsiders to experience when they get inside, when they come through those doors? What do we want them to experience? Connection, community, welcomed, friendly, accepted, loved. We'd like them to experience that. Those are all really great words, by the way. Now, that's special and that's good. And I would say that we could all probably agree on those words. But what did you want to experience? Do you remember what you wanted to experience when you were on the outside and you came through the doors for the first time? What did you want to experience? Belonging. Fun. Needed. No judgment. Hope. Restoration. I want to... I want to be valued. I want to feel valued. These words are much more powerful because they're personal. And sometimes as believers, we can just lump a bunch of words up that we know what they mean and what we want to be about and stand for. But the reality is we have to provide the truth. And we have to be real. And we have to be in a place where we can actually help people experience Jesus for the first time by being fun and giving them a sense of belonging and letting them know that they're needed and, and, and accepting them on their terms, judgment-free, right? And helping them to see the hope and praying for their restoration and seeing them be restored and letting them know that God values them just as much, if not more, than we do. This is what we want people to feel. And so it's not that some pastor or that I want to use you on Sundays because I don't. God does. That's significance. Be about people. Shine Shine, shine a light. So you would say, what do I do? What's, what's the plan? The plan is to be yourself. Be an example in word, deed, purity, and faith, charity, and all things. Be an example. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it wholeheartedly. As unto the Lord, be yourself. You don't have to impress anybody. Just be yourself. Where do I bring them? Well, if you're in Fort Collins, you're going to bring them to the Grove. If you don't have a church, let me know. I'll help you find one. Who do I bring? Who do I bring? Let's refresh it from last week. You had that card. Identify three people who you know that are close to you, they have a relationship with you, but they're far from God. Pray for them. Invest in them. Connect with them. And invite them here in just a few weeks. So my challenge to you is this. Don't believe enough to just show up. Believe enough to bring somebody with you. And if you don't have that location, let me know. And I'll help you find it. Father, thanks so much for the opportunity to share today about your word, about who you are, and about what you want for people on earth. Lord, thank you for using us. I know that we are your plan. So I ask you to help us to be bold enough, courageous enough, Lord, to not just write down some names, but to be intentional in our identification of these people, knowing that they're children of yours, that they're sons and daughters, your creation that you've created for purpose, Father. Help us to take our place in that, Lord, so we can help others get along. I love you. Thank you for using me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of what you want to do right here in the hearts and the lives of people. Thank you, Lord, for moving us forward and for the people who support this ministry. I'm grateful for them. Thank you for bringing blessing to them that they can't comprehend. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining me today. A huge thanks to those of you who support our ministry. You make what we get to do in Michigan, Oklahoma, Texas, and Colorado possible with those weekly outreaches to our hospital heroes and public service men and women. It's a big deal to get to do that and to support the people who are caring for our communities. So go ahead and click the link in the description to become a partner, or you can visit livefreedefined.com and click the giving link. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.